Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. It's Wednesday morning. We're live. If you're listening Wednesday morning, if you're listening Thursday or Saturday, somebody said to me over the weekend, Pastor, I saw him at church. Hey, um, I listen to you every Thursday. Hmm. So uh, we're live on Wednesday and record on Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3. We Facebook at Voice of Truth Mike Azinger. Go on there and like us. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, and you can uh, we've got all of our shows on there that hey you know we have, I'm, <clears throat> I can't hear uh, are we on so um, we've got all our shows on our podcast at voice of truth with Mike Azinger and uh, you go on there listen to all of them but uh, so we get into vigorous discussion culture history current events that's what we do. Every week, and that's what we're going to do this week. We, uh, I think, you, you know, there's so much going on. I, you know, I say this every show almost, but uh, the way I do show prep is I, I'm a news junkie. I think you're a news junkie. All three of us uh, are news junkies. Tim Dowler's a news junkie. So I text myself the stories as we go, and, and then the night before to solidify my show prep and to organize it, and then I bet I've got so much talk about you know we could do a show every day we could do like rush limbaugh have we gotten a call from the rush limbaugh people because the two guys that do it are awful they said no (laughs) they did (laughs) so it's final well sometimes it's good to know just you know (laughs) put it to rest put it to bed and don't think about it anymore it's good sometimes you just squash the dream right yeah that that helps and then uh then the dream resurrects and we'll be taken over (laughs) uh so um uh, but lots and lots and lots to talk about. By the way, did you guys see where they caught the the Mexican guy? He walked in and just executed that whole family, right? Is five that, out of there were yeah. ten people in the house. He executed wow. five of them, and then there was another shooting somewhere overseas. This actually wasn't here, so we're we're exporting our our mass shootings over overseas. I was listening to this podcast yesterday. Mark Stein he used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh a lot, who I think should have take, gotten that gig, by the way. But Mark Stein is so good. And he's not an American. He's he's from, um, what's the country attached to Canada up there? Oh, uh, Newfoundland? That, or in, something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever country's attached yeah. to Canada. And he's got that thick accent. But uh, he had a guy on the show, Conrad Black. I don't know if you've heard of him, but... Mm. He's, I think, just a big media guy, way up, you know, and he got he got taken into some scandal, American scandal, where he was innocent, you know, one of these deals where, and he was talking about how corrupt, and when you get a perspective outside of the country, mm-hmm. and he uses the word they instead of us, you know, he's not an American, that American uh, justice system is so corrupt and just, just pontificated on that for minutes and i thought whoa and he was right though 
Yeah. He's right. We are so corrupt. And we have just, you know, we've abandoned God. You can't tell, you know, truth has fallen in the street. Justice can't get by. Mm-hmm. I forget where that verse is. I think it's Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, when you die, when you kill truth, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead and kill truth. But just just see what happens to justice when you do that. And we have, at best, a two-tiered justice system. Mm-hmm. Some people get justice. Uh, for the crimes, and some people don't get justice for the crimes, and some people uh, get justice for something they didn't do, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Jan- January 6th, people, I'm sensitive to, to that, because I can feel the shadow of the FBI coming across <laughs> my front door. Uh, <laughs> I look out every night, is it tonight going to be the night the FBI Because I was told that uh, the FBI is going to make you pay you a visit, uh, but it was a uh, it was a, uh, it was a false flag. All right, so population gains and losses. This is something, Mister. I just got a couple of uh, um, short, quick quips here. This will interest you guys. So this is the quiz time. I know you guys love when I do the quizzes, so that's why I keep <laughs> doing. All right, so the three states with the most population loss. Man, that's got to be. you can ch- chime in it's gotta on It's got to be California, number one. California is number one, where and you once lived. Yep. You you part of that part population loss. I'm on the board. <laughs> um, I think it's got to be New York second. Yes, you're right. Very and good. And then I'm going to guess something like uh, Washington or Oregon. Illinois. Illinois. So California, I didn't know it was well, this Chicago's many. in Illinois, so yeah. Did Illinois, you say Chicago? Be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, no, I didn't. I'm just saying it makes sense that it was Illinois as oh. well. Yeah, so Chicago, um, everyone's trying to get out of there if they can get out without being shot. Right. Especially in certain neighborhoods. There's uh, places you don't go in uh, Chicago, and that's been that, that, that was true when I lived there in that area in the 80s. Um, but uh, California lost from 2000, uh, let's see, in 2021. California lost 332,000 residents. Hmm. That's a major city wow. that just moved yeah. out. Is that stunning or that what? That is. California, New York lost 262,000 people. Now, do we know if those numbers are net or is that just. Well, I think it's. Yeah, I think that's a net loss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously there's, there's people moving in. Yeah. But wow. um, Illinois lost 105,000 people. People and they have a they have the price tag on losing this many people. Do too. they? Wow. Twenty nine billion for California, twenty four <laughs> billion for New York, hundred uh, ten billion for Illinois. All right, so population gains. Oh, Florida number <coughs> one. Florida number one. Texas. Hold on, don't <laughs> don't be showing off. Well, it's <laughs> you think you know your state so great. You think you're so great. All right, uh, Florida is right. Yeah. Uh, 255,000 So what's gain. the price tag on that? So that's $39 billion. Unbelievable. Who, who doesn't want to go to Calif- uh, to Florida? Yeah. A buddy of mine from Indiana who lives right near Chicago on the cusp of Chicago where I used to live uh, just moved there. He's, hmm. He won't – He would. you couldn't pry him out of Florida in the six months he's lived there <laughs> with a dynamite. <laughs> Florida, number one. Texas, number two. You're right. 175,000 people um, added in Texas. And I'm going to guess Colorado. 
Colorado. Uh, I don't know where Colorado would be, but number three is North Carolina. North Carolina. And I would not have said that. Um, I would have guessed North Carolina, but they had a net increase of 77,000 people, $4.5 billion added to their economy. And uh, just to say, West Virginia, little old West Virginia, is um, we're starting to go from a net gain for decades, I mean net loss for decades, for 80-some years, and we're starting to see – no, we're not not a net gain because we're, our our popu- we have an old population and we're uh, folks are dying. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people moving into the state, we we do have a net gain um, on that. So um, anyway, there you go. That's what's happening around um, around the country in terms of where are people moving. All that, right, that now tells a story. I mean, there's reasons people are are people moving in America. People vote with their feet. They do. You know? look, look, California. Is in turn, it's, it's the closest thing to paradise, maybe on the mm-hmm. earth, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just beyond beautiful there. You know, you lived there. How yeah. long did you live there? 12 years. 12 years, so you know. Yeah. Um, I spent a whole summer there when I was 12 in Newport Beach area oh, there. Had a rich uncle. We, yeah. we stayed the whole summer. And it's like, whoa. Remember yeah. Swenson? Did you have a Swenson yeah. ice cream? Okay, so that's. Get the earthquake. Yeah, I got whatever it was that that made me never forget it since 1976. <laughs> uh, but everywhere was a Mercedes, and I yeah. uh, went to Nosberry Farms and Universal Studios, and um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, well, Disney's there. I don't know. If, I can't. I don't remember going to Disney. There's Six I, Flags. Yeah, it may have been Disney, but I just remember Nosberry Farms. I loved more than mm-hmm. all of them. So I was 12. Yeah. You know, but California, uh, you know, just incredible place. Mm-hmm. And now, because of ideology and philosophy and, and uh, electing people that don't believe in a biblical worldview and becoming secularism will do that any, anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, you learn the hard way, and it's sad, sad, uh, very sad to watch. All right, so... Here we have a solution. Uh, here's a great little story here. That uh, these parents who are <laughs> going nuts at these uh, their kids' little league games. Oh, there's a solution. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, New Jersey, of all places, a New Jersey little league. <laughs> this is too good. Maybe uh, a New Jersey Little League will force parents that confront an um, an umpire to suit up and up three games before they're allowed to return. <laughs> is that not just the best? Talk about justice. That's <laughs> that is that is great. That'll make you think. Let me just repeat that because that's so good. I can't believe it. I'm not sure if I'm, we, am I dreaming right now. <laughs> so these parents who are like children, right? They they. Uh, they can't control their emotions. Look, it's a game, and um, it's your kid, and I get that. Uh, but chill out out there, parents. A New Jersey Little League will force parents that confront an empire to suit up and dump three games before they're allowed to return. <laughs> That's great. So, anyway, I just wanted to uh, – so I'm going down my list here of uh, my uh, – little stories before we get into 
first big one is, of course, uh, an, another Florida story. That, uh, by the way, in the third se- second segment, stay tuned, folks, for the whole hour. The second segment, we're going to talk about uh, a Barna poll. Barna's a believer. He's a born-again Christian. He does these polls, I think, yearly. We, we've talked about mm-hmm. them on the show before. And they are pretty in-depth. Um, and they just basically give a, they give, um, you know, uh, a, a, a good a good rundown on, on what's going on in America and Christian America. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And then in the third story, Cuba has canceled their May Day parade, and we're going to tell you why. <laughs> tell you why. And uh, if you have young people, get them by the radio. If you have young kids who like communism or who are <laughs> leaning the uh, socialist way, which seems to be the uh, avant-garde thing to do, get them by the radio. We're going to fix that for them. So anyway, uh, let me find let me find this story here of. Um, here it is, DeSantis, governor of Florida, who we need to recruit up here to West Virginia. DeSantis signs new law and order bill bills that allow the death penalty for pedophiles. Mm-hmm. How about that? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a new package of crime bills into law. Why are bills always a package? Why do there's always a, a uh, budget package? Everything's a package. I guess it works. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a new package of crime bills into law on Monday, all of which are designed to keep criminals out of the streets. The three bills target bail reforms being pushed by leftist prosecutors, increases penalties on fentanyl traffickers, and makes those who commit certain crimes against children eligible for the death penalty. Hmm. Florida is a law and order state with a 50-year record low crime rate. How about that? 50-year record low crime crime rate. This is DeSanta speaking. And double-digit year-over-year decreases in murder, burglary, and overall crime. No wonder everyone's moving there, DeSanta said in a statement. For three consecutive legislative sessions, we have enacted tough-on-crime policies, and this year we are continuing to implement measures to protect our communities and so on. Um, So House Bill 1627 addresses bail reforms. Um, So we don't really care about that. Let's go to uh, fentanyl. And then um, DeSantis also signed House Bill 1297 into law, which imposes the death penalty on pedophiles who, quote, commit sexual battery against children, under the age of 12. Well, wow. There you go. Well, there you go. Death penalty. I That's mean, justice. That there, is. Isn't it? And that gets your attention. Yeah. That, uh, so we were talking about, uh, I wish I'd have brought the verse, uh, the whole, the whole uh, uh, section of scripture, but uh, the Bible talks about when they, when they executed, um, and, and, and biblical, biblical death penalty is kidnapping, rape, <coughs> Murder. What am I missing? Anything else you can think of? You know, the God's command for yeah. for the death penalty are those three. Yeah. And the Bible says that when that death penalty is executed, uh, carried out, that the people of Israel will hear and fear. Yeah. They will hear about it 
and the fear of God will be put will be put into their hearts. And I think I'm right on this, uh, Pastor. But uh, in the Old Testament, all of Israel, whenever someone was stoned, it was for you know some kind of evil thing. All of Israel would pick up the stone, right? Even little kids, right? So yeah. if you're a little kid or a teenager and you're stoning somebody for something evil they did, that sounds really archaic and and uh, you know uh, odd to us. But there was an attachment to understanding the consequence for certain yeah, things. Yeah, you, you, you throw that rock, age, yeah. it's going to go into your heart, right? And I don't, I don't know about advocating for, but. But that used to be the way the death penalty was observed. It was observed by the community. You know, the community would come out and they would they would see what this looked like to commit these abhorrent crimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a certain visceral kind of response to that in, in your soul. I mean, you're, yeah. you're like, this was not only the consequence, but this is, this is what was caused to somebody else because of, of their sin. And now... Now they're bringing that consequence on themselves, and and there there was an impact made. But but I think generally speaking, and I love this verse in scripture in in Proverbs, because you know a lot of the um, secularists can't say, well, this is an Old Testament you know for Israel verse. This is a general proverb that's true about any nation. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And whenever you start promoting sin and letting sin rule and and letting crime off the hook it's a reproach to your nation that's why you have 300,000 people leave your state because mm-hmm. it's a reproach because nobody yeah. feels safe because sin is in charge and in control but when you bring biblical principles concerning righteousness into your government um, and I know that there's a whole debate maybe we can get into that on a show concerning Christian nationalism and so on but but I believe in biblicism. I believe in biblical principles. I believe in godly uh, adherence to to His creation, and righteousness will always exalt a nation. Yes, indeed it does. And uh, the principle, of course, is that that uh, when evil when evil happens in a state or a city, then uh, then you take care of it, and mm. that that creates a low crime rate crime rate because people hear and fear they hear about it and they fear mm. the fear of god goes into the heart all right next up next segment that barna poll that we're going to talk about what's going on in america uh in terms of the the america's biblical worldview we'll talk about that next you're listening to the voice of truth radio show we'll be right back A portion of today's programming on Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450 is brought to you by Reno Refinishing. Reno Refinishing is a locally owned and operated furniture repair and refinishing shop. Mike McKenzie, the owner and operator of Reno Refinishing, has 25 years of experience in furniture repair and restoration. Reno Refinishing is available for a free quote to strip and refinish a favorite furniture piece, fix a broken table or chair, or bring a family heirloom back to life. The motto of Reno Refinishing is, no job too big or too small. The phone number for Reno Refinishing is 740-376-0342. And their before and after pictures can be seen at facebook.com slash Finish. We are thankful for Mike McKenzie and our friends at Reno Refinishing for their support of listener-supported Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
There was a Roman soldier who trusted Jesus enough to send him a message. His servant needed healing. The soldier believed without needing to see and without needing Jesus to make a house call. This soldier knew he didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. He was convinced that the servant would be healed if Jesus just said he was healed. This man had learned to trust those with authority and Jesus had authority. This Roman centurion trusted the outcome to the command of one who could change outcomes. Jesus knew faith when he saw it, and this veteran showed an unexpected faith. God is the master of impossibilities. He's strong when you're weak. Bring your sin and he'll bring his forgiveness. His authority means you can trust his plan. Follow, get the help you need. Praise FM, your home for today's gospel music. Hi, this is Brian Leversee, Senior Pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Our services are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then again in the evening at 6 p.m. We have our Sunday school programs at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. Exciting things are happening at Fellowship Baptist, and I would love to see you there. God bless. All right, welcome back to the Worship Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We Facebook at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Go there and give us a like if you want to hear our podcast. We do podcasts at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. And uh, the only, only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. That's right here on Voice of Truth. Thanks for tuning in. We're live Monday, uh, Wednesday morning. And this show is recorded and played Thursday afternoons at 5, Saturdays at 3. Uh, so thanks for tuning in to Praise FM. So I, I got one thing before we get into the uh, before we get into the poll, the Barna poll. Uh, I just got one little report on SatanCon oh, yeah, <laughs> over the weekend at Boston. Oh, so the biggest the biggest uh, meeting of Satanists, I think, in the world. Happened in Boston over the weekend, and this is just a, a good little report I wanted to bring out of it because a lot of Christians descended on on this and and preached and witnessed yep. and all that. So this is um, a guy named Sean uh, Fecht. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he tweeted. So he said, while they were ripping up pages of the Bible, did you see that I video, that gal? Yeah. Ripping up pages of the Bible uh, to kick off the largest satanic gathering ever. Satan Con in Boston, over 98 attendees surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ from covert evangelists infiltrating the crowd. Hmm. So there's 98 people at the Satan Con who got saved, and that's one report. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking that there's there's probably many many others, and who knows? You know, well, uh, these are, are evil people, but. But a lot of the, a lot of these people, same way with the transgender. Somebody told us just get sucked that, into it, and and they come from mm-hmm. bad homes, yep. really bad homes. Somebody, um, I'm, I'm friends on Facebook with a with a gal who is who, who just writes great stuff on the transgender stuff. She grew up in a home. Both of her parents were pedophiles. Uh, one of them died in prison. Her dad was, uh, but she said that she's never. Um, no, this is another guy, a former homosexual, uh, a guy named David Foster, who said, I've never met a transgender who wasn't molested as a child. Hmm. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's 
incumbent on us as Christians to have compassion yeah. at the same time, right? Yes. On these people that whose ideology we find abhorrent and whom we're, we're fighting with everything we have. But um, they do, these these folks just need Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that true? That is that is true. All right, so let's get to this poll, shock poll. Bible beliefs much closer to extinction, extinct, extinction in America. I just wanted to uh, brighten your morning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're having coffee, it's spitted across the room. Uh, there's good reason. Now, it's not all bad news in here. This is by Peter La Barbera. Do you know who he is? He's a he's a uh, a warrior for the Lord. This is a WND World Net Daily uh, email about a new study by Christian pollster George Barna. He comes to you know I go to those David Barton conferences uh, for legislators, and he comes. I've seen him there at least once, maybe two, maybe every time, and he always gives a, a presentation there that's very. Uh, Thorough, comprehensive, and and so on. So a new study by Christian pollster George Barna comparing Americans' religious beliefs and practices before and after COVID. Hmm. Okay, so that's the thing to remember here. This is before and after the COVID pandemic. Have you ever heard of the COVID pandemic? I'm just now coming to realization. (laughs) I I had never heard of it. (laughs) Before and after the COVID pandemic finds some stunning departures from biblical a biblically faithful Christianity, including a 14-point drop from 58 to 44 percent in the percentage of born-again Christians who believe Jesus lived a sinless life on earth. Hmm. Now, is that odd or what? Hmm. So, the survey released April 20 and conducted by the Cultural Research Center, the CRC, based at uh, Arizona Christian University, which uh, Finds a mere, oh, this one's the hard one right here, finds a mere 4% of overall Americans polled who possess a biblical worldview. Yeah. 4%. That's, an, that's dismally low. That's so stunning. Yeah. I can't even believe that. So, it, it, it it's not all bad news. Hang on. Let me just keep reading here. Down from 6% while... Among born-again Christians, the incidence of biblical worldview among them fell from 19% in 2020 to 13% in 2023. That's a stunning fall also, hmm. percentage-wise. I mean, six points down, but that's uh, almost a 33% fall. And the number of of Christians who have a, a biblical worldview. Hmm. Look, I mean, it, it should be redundant that the Christians have a worldview. That That should just be assumed. But Christians don't have a, a – many, many, many don't look at the world from uh, what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because it, it's weird reconciling those numbers with other polls that I've seen regarding, you know, would you consider yourself a Christian or would you, you know, would you consider yourself, um, uh, you know, uh, having Christian views? And those polls numbers usually tend pretty high still. And it just shows that I think in modern Christianity, what we've taught people is you don't have to believe the Bible to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And we've taught them that by not focusing on Scripture as being the catalyst of our preaching. You know, I think that a lot of what we're observing in our culture today in this fluidity of moral uh, anchoring where where there's no real um, solidified 
truth. I think it comes from us picking apart Scripture and only using Scripture to promote our own personal truth, just like they do mm-hmm. in the world. And, and when the Word of God isn't consistently preached, when it's not in season and out of season, when it's not the whole <clears throat> counsel of God, when you're wanting to unhinge from the Old Testament, when you're, when you're trying to piece apart Scripture to fit your own personal narrative, it's no different than the way that the world obscures truth to fit their own personal narrative. And so I think that's why you see we don't have a, a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. but we'll call ourselves Christians because we've taken the Bible out of Christianity. Mm. Very good. In another finding of the report, let me just keep going here, which compares religious beliefs and practices in 2020 before the pandemic to 2023 found a huge drop among born-again Christians from 85% to 50% Mm. who say they are deeply committed to practicing their faith. So that's not the number of born-again people uh, professing to be born again. That's that's born-again Christians saying they are deeply committed to their faith goes from 85% to 50%. Hmm. Something happened during the pandemic. It's not all bad news, though. The poll found a 14% uptick. This is interesting, Pastor. In the percentage of people polled who agree that, quote, there are moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. Hmm. That went up. Hmm. People uh, believed that's a significant amount. That's a 50% jump almost in the number of people uh, that said there's moral absolutes. Hmm. And maybe something about the pandemic and what the government did scared these people. And, uh, and they said, look, there's a right and wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, more Americans in 2023, 46% up from 41% in 2020, believe the Bible is the true and complete accurate word of God. That went from 41% to 46%. People, uh, people, not necessarily Christians, just Americans, who said, look, the Bible's the Word of God. 41% to 46%. Born-again Christians registered a leap from 47% to 59% who accept the biblical teaching that sex between two people who are not married to each other is morally unacceptable. So these are just kind of arbitrary. Yeah, but and they don't they don't make. That's what I'm saying. They're There's incongruent. A lot of these polls, they, yeah, they they don't match up. Right? So so I think we have to we have to arrive at what is your definition of a biblical worldview? What is your definition of morality? What is your definition of of these things? Because it just seems like th- these polls to me express the confusion that exists in our country. How can you say? Four percent of people say they only have they don't have a you know it's only four percent who have a biblical worldview, but we're getting a more than fifty percent increase in people that say the Bible is the word of God. You know that's you're right they're not congruent, and I think this more than anything shows the confusion that exists in in terminology and semantics and in how you know our world's been diluted in what the definitions of these things actually. Well, I are. think that what you say is is basically what Barna says here. Listen to his paragraph which I think it just basically reflect, reflects what you just said. In a phone interview with WorldNet Daily, Barna ascribed the contradictory results of a survey to Americans' predominant worldview of, he calls it, syncretism. Mm-hmm. 
which is. I'm going to be talking about that tonight. Yeah, we, uh, what's that? I'm going to be talking about that tonight in our. Oh, are you? In our study. Okay, yeah. can I. Can I uh, yeah, go for it. Can I come up and read this paragraph? Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. Um, Americans' predominant worldview of syncretism, which his report describes. See, you didn't tell me that you studied before this. This is cheap. <laughs> you can't do, you can't do that. That's against the rules. I'm going to have to check. Uh, <laughs> have your wife check on. Americans' predominant worldview of syncretism, which his report describes as, quote, Combining beliefs from a variety of worldviews into an unpredictable, customized blend. Hey, my truth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to customize my truth. That satisfies the emotional needs of the individual. Yep. So it's, it's um, good news, but maybe, maybe not, not great news in terms of, I lost my, I lost my article. But uh, uh, anyway, so... So there's some some good news, some bad news. I, you know the the whole COVID thing. You know, people were people were out of church, yeah. and and a lot didn't. A come lot back. of people did. A lot of people didn't come back. You yeah. said, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that that's just the statistics. You know, I think. So what happens when you? Because you, you, I, I think you mentioned this um, at fellowship where you, where we are, where you pastor. Uh, you mentioned this during uh, right after the pandemic, and I and I thought that it was uh, uh, very perceptive in terms of how our just our thought life changes from being away from church, mm-hmm. being away from brethren, not rubbing elbows with with our brothers in Christ, and you know we'd listen online mm-hmm. sometimes in the parking lot you'd be you'd preach from the porch right <laughs> you did that several times yeah. but um but but the assembling of ourselves together as god commands yeah. us to do is is there's something about that there's definitely something about that and the verse that you're drawing from tells us what is in that and it's an exhorting of one another and it's an encouraging mm-hmm. of one another as we see that day approach we are in tuned with the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit's in you, and you're in tuned with the promise that he's coming again for you. And as we look to that day, we know that the, the world we live in is going to continue to plunge deeper and deeper into sin and difficulty. <clears throat> and so to come together encourages us. It exhorts us. It keeps us on track. We're a body. Our body naturally, all the parts of our body keep itself in track you're fighting infection you're 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 coming alongside a a part of the body that's ill or struggling and you're propping it up and you're you're helping it out and when you disband you no longer have the fortification of that body to keep you exhorted and to keep you encouraged and so i think we saw that in fact i was reading an article just the other day where the surgeon general came out the current surgeon general and is really putting out battle plans to fight loneliness loneliness is one of the Mm. They're saying the key um, uh, issues with discouragement, depression, and the multiplicity of health issues that come from that. So they're trying to battle loneliness. Well, for the believer, there's no reason for us to be lonely. We have a God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And we have the body of Christ that if we are regularly not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, we can be encouraged and exhorted by. God has the plan. But when we pull ourselves out of the plan then it, it leads to all these things the world is experiencing right now. So don't, don't be one of those numbers. Be, mm-hmm. be numbered among the brethren. Be numbered among yeah. the people of God. If you've not gotten back to church since COVID, get back to church yeah. now. Yeah. Get back to church now. What will kill you is this world. What will kill you is this loneliness. Mm-hmm. What will kill you 
is not being attached to the body. It, you got a far more to worry about with that than, than any illness that you're going to get by, mm. by being in church. Amen to that. All right. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about uh, Cuba canceling May Day for like the second time in its history. It's a long, miserable history of communism, anyway. So you're listening to Voice of Truth Radio Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM has been brought to you by an underwriting grant from Levitt Funeral Home. Levitt Funeral Home is the area's only locally owned multi-generational home. Five generations of the Levitt family have been personally involved in serving our community. So, a family can always do business with someone they know, someone they can depend on. Levitt Funeral Home can offer information about grief resources, ideas on planning a funeral or memorial service, information about our products and services, and ways to bring family and friends together through our online obituaries, email condolence program, and information for families about the Levitt Family Center. Levitt Funeral Home is celebrating 125 years of serving the Valley with two locations in Parkersburg and Belpre. The phone number for Levitt Funeral Home is 422-6459. We are thankful for John and Stephen Levitt of Levitt Funeral Home for supporting listener-supported Praise FM Radio. Hi, this is Brian Leversee, Senior Pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Our services are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then again in the evening at 6 p.m. We have our Sunday school programs at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. Exciting things are happening at Fellowship Baptist, and I would love to see you there. God bless. All right, welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Wednesday morning live, if you're listening on Wednesday morning, and then we record Thursday. This is recorded, put on the air by 10. Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, we podcast it. Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. We're the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. Why is that? Because State Senator Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Leversey, we don't care. We, we understand that... The government has to be undergirded by a philosophy mm-hmm. and a doctrine and a belief system, and it's going to be some, it's going to be one kind or another, and it might as well be Christianity. Yeah. And that's what America was from its founding. That's why the, we have become or were the greatest country in the world. We're fast falling from that height uh, because we're abandoning God, mm-hmm. but uh, we need the Lord in a bad way. I just, I'm, I'm going to, before I get to the story, I was, uh, there, there was a bill that came up in the Senate several years ago, pushed by uh, my buddies at the NRA mm-hmm. and by West Virginia Citizens Defense League, which is like an NRA on steroids. They don't, they don't play. <laughs> Homie don't play. Uh, but I was against the bill that they were pushing because it was Sunday hunting. I mm. thought, in principle, uh, why is there a law already in place against Sunday hunting? Right. Why? Because our founders, even our State founders, our West Virginia founders, our Virginia founders, said uh, that's the Sabbath. Hmm. Shouldn't hunt on Sunday. So I had – that was just my instinct. That position was my – I always vote against Sunday stuff. Hmm. Um, then I found this in the Parkersburg News. There's a guy on there, Bob Enick, I think is his name. He, he brings up history from our state and our city and so on, and they put it in the paper. But I found this Sabbath breaking about 
About a regiment, more or less, of hunters and dogs left the city Saturday night with guns and other accoutrements for a day's sport. Of course, they must have spent the Sabbath in shooting game of various kinds, which is a very reprehensible thing to do on Sunday in a Christian country, and the police desire us to call attention to the matter. <laughs> this was in the Parkersburg Daily State Journal, October 22nd, 1888. Wow. So what did our founders think about Sunday hunting, oh, Pastor? They were again it. Hmm. Now, let me just... I'm going to take too much time on this. but uh, So in 1962, prayer was removed from school. I'm looking at a bunch of graphs here from David Barton's book. Show it to Pastor there. So after prayer was taken out of the school in 1962, violent crime went through the roof. Single-parent households went through the roof. Premarital sex went through the roof. Birth rates for unwed girls went through the roof, and SAT scores plummeted. Hmm. And I can attest to that because I was part of that plummet. <laughs> I, I, I You're part of the number I can too, show huh? you my report card, which <laughs> led to a, an SAT that was less than impressive. Um, all right, so what was I going to do here? I was doing the, I was doing the. Uh, Cuba cancels Communist May Day. So, uh, what happens when you what happens when you when you uh, dismiss God? You know, we use the term "kick God out." We don't kick God out. Mm. I don't think that's a biblical term. We forget God. Yeah. You know, God's promise to those who forget Him is not is not a happy one. All those nations that forget God, they'll be thrown into hell. Mm-hmm. So we for, we forget God. Is there another phrase that you can think of, Pastor? Well, uh, I think I think you can forget God, and I think that's a, a, a forgetting of convenience. And I think you can say there is no God, and that's the fool who does that. So the, those are those two Or you ways. can just disobey, right? That's the Old Testament. Or you can they disobey. Just, yeah. Israel just forever disobeying, yeah. uh, disobeying God. And yeah. a picture of us, I think, is that right? Uh, just a picture of the of the Christian. You know, they would make a god out of anything. Yeah. They see something crawling around, they make a god out of it. And I remember there's a certain scripture I've, I've had in my mind where they some some Israelites did that, and I thought, well, what's their deal? Mm-hmm. And then I thought of my own heart, how I can worship uh, baseball. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I got into baseball big time. We love yeah. the Pirates, who are in first place, by the by the way. Uh, but you know, I, I can make a god out of anything. Yeah. Right. Well, we're creatures who are made to worship, and you're going to worship something. You know, we talk about mm-hmm. a vacuum a lot, and if there's a vacuum for our worship, it won't take long for something to fill that vacuum. Yeah. We we have we we're drawn toward that. So. All right. So one of those gods uh, that will pop up is is communism, socialism. Because that's that's the natural economic system that comes into the vacuum left by capitalism, which pure capitalism is just a, a biblical outpouring of the spirit of man under a Christian freedom, a free Christian nation. You know, buy and sell something, offer a service to something, and whoever does the best job at serving their neighbor gets rewarded the most. Mm-hmm. So love your neighbor as yourself, I think, is the is is that that verse uh, underpins capitalism. Capitalism is a Christian. It, it, it gets a bad name because because uh, 
a lot of people, um, you know, who are dishonest get involved in capitalism. Mm-hmm. But and it, it's a, a, a biblical. And, and that's something to mention, too, and I think we need to mention it, is there's no perfect system in this world. This world is full of sin and brokenness. Now, we, we abide by biblical principles, but that doesn't mean that every person is going to operate in the spirit of those biblical right. principles. Especially when you, uh, when you become more and more of a secular mm-hmm. nation. Um, that temptation to do that mm-hmm. and to love money, yep. the root of all evil, you know, loving money is, is uh, uh, when you take God out of, of, of capitalism, but, you have a... Uh, go ahead. And that speaks to what we're talking about with communism, is communism is a reaction to the bad players of capitalism. And communism purports that it can create a utopia on earth by evening everything out and bringing equity and equality to everything. And the thing is, is there is no utopian situation that we're going to experience on earth. And I want to make this statement. Capitalism won't bring utopia on earth. Communism won't bring utopia on earth. But we can be blessed as we obey the principles of God. There's not blessing that's going to come with the idolatry of communism blessing can come from the observance of biblical principles as we conduct business and as we conduct government. But this idea on both sides, you know, and, and I, I hope we can get into a conversation maybe on one of these shows about the movement of Christian nationalism and, and, and how that obscures biblical, you know, viewpoints and then, and then communism and talk about when we idolize a system on earth, that's still idolatry, no matter how you mm-hmm. spin it. We have to, we have to be biblicists in how we do things. Right. If we're truly going to abide by the principles of God's word, then we need to go by those principles and not not idolize the principles. Mm-hmm. We worship God. Yeah, but my my <clears throat> point, I agree with that. My point is though that when you that when you bring biblical per, uh, principles into a culture, that capitalism is the natural outpouring. Hundred percent. Communism, yeah. it by is the, definition, is an atheistic correct. worldview. I know yep. you're not correct, uh, and it is. It is. Uh, it has a a fundamental misunderstanding of mm-hmm. of our fallen nature. Yep. You can equity is an impossibility. Absolutely. And if you don't get your way with equity, not not turning out in your experiment, you mow people down with machine right. guns. So, yeah. all right. So, embarrassing is the name of the article. Breitbart: Cuba cancels Communist May Day due to gasoline shortage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you young people that uh, are listening, here is a, a a good lesson in socialism and communism. Just 90 miles south of our uh, Florida tip. The head of the only legal workers union in Cuba announced on Tuesday that the communist regime had canceled its most prestigious annual event, the May Day Parade in Havana, due to, quote-unquote, limitations with securing fuel. Uh, not a long line for fuel, but they just can't get any, period, in yeah. this communist nation. I've always wondered. Look, we tried to take them over uh, under Kennedy. Um, they're so. Why, why don't we just go free them and set up? You know, maybe God's. Uh, there's obviously obviously Providence has a a, a different uh, 
different plan for Cuba. Maybe they're under some kind of judgment. I don't know. But it seems to me that they're so close to us. They love freedom. The Cubans that we get that come into Florida love freedom. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're running from communists. That's why they love freedom. Communists around the world typically mark May Day or International Workers' Day on May 1. May 1 is May Day. That's a commie uh, celebration. With parades, riots, <laughs> what better way to celebrate burn a commie day to <laughs> tear something down, burn it down? And other acts of violence, communism is a totalitarian ideology that has resulted in at least, listen, 110 million killings. Not counting the 400 million victims of China's one-child policy. Hmm. I think China has outdone all these other communist countries in terms of Mao Mao killed 80 million people, not including, I hadn't thought of this, the 400 million. They have a one-child policy. They don't now, but they did for decades. Uh, So uh, communists have ruled Cuba since 1959. Uh, The 1959 coup by late dictator Fidel Castro and typically force the population to participate in May Day celebrations across the, across the country every year. So that's what they do, and uh, they force you uh, in communism. You're always being forced. The cancellation of the Havana May Day Parade comes as an embarrassing blow to the communist regime, which had issued a call to arms to the general population as recently as this first day of April to participate in May Day activities. The Communist Party had also launched a campaign to attract solidarity tourism by international communists and boasted on May uh, Monday that 300 quote-unquote comrades had traveled to the country to <laughs> observe May Day. So they brought out 300 comrades from across these commie countries to involve, get involved in this May Day parade. But, oops, hey, when no you gas. guys come, could you bring a, a <laughs> bring can of gas? BYOG. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh, refreshing to laugh at uh, the calamities of communism. Uh, it's so awful. Cuban people who do not belong to the communist elite have for decades faced extreme shortages of, listen to this, because this is in every every communist society, culture, ends up this way. Yep. Extreme shortages of basic goods, fuel, food, cleaning supplies. Have we, have we started to have a shortage of any of these, Pastor, here in America? Fuel, food. Uh, cleaning supplies, other items. Well, it seems like we had... Not unless uh, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. The supply shortage, though, yeah. but we couldn't get stuff for a while, yeah. all right? Um, the country has seen a dramatic collapse of its power grid. Have we had any power grid fears here in America? Mm-hmm. See, these are all things that, uh, that are starting to yeah. shadow our country. Uh, a, a, a power grid... Uh, we don't have enough coal plants. You know, China is building coal plant after coal plant after coal plant, and we don't build any here nope. because of environmentalists. So what's going what's gonna to fuel this electric vehicle uh, utopia that uh, all these leftists want? Are they going to use— Maybe we can do like what happened here in West Virginia, and we can reallocate the coal miners to push around the electric vehicles when they run out of their— uh... <laughs> That was a buddy of mine who did that. He got, he got on Fox News. That was uh, that was a, that's a great memory that you bring up. And that was the 
the couple that were driving around West Virginia in their electric vehicle, they ran out of power at a coal plant. And the coal miners pushed them up the hill so they could recharge their vehicle. And the, uh, my buddy in the Senate, Randy Smith, who's just the best guy. He's just a coal miner, plain, simple, believer, loves Jesus. And um, he got his buddies uh, to push this car. They were pushing it up the hill to charge it. And he, he took a picture of it and posted it, and it just went viral. So Fox News, Fox News calls them. Fox News comes to the coal plant, and early it's an early morning shift. I get up early. I, I want to watch this, and uh, so they can't get reception. Fox News is called. They can't get reception for their cameras to work and all that. So they, um, so Randy said, uh, my senator buddy, who started the whole thing, said, "Hey, j- just use my phone." So he gets his phone. I think this is how it happened but they ended up just using his phone to to uh take pictures of the whole thing but that was uh that was a providence if ever providence yeah. showed his uh his <laughs> fingerprints it was there he, electric vehicle breaking down coal plant in West Virginia. and a state senator who obviously loves coal he made his living there he's mm-hmm. about to retire but um so there you go folks havana Havana cancels their May Day parade because they don't have any gasoline. That just uh, that sums it up. Anyway, um, all right. So let me see if I can get one more story in here uh, before we before we run. We just have a couple minutes. Um, shoot, I could play that video. Yeah, it's kind of not doesn't fit in. Um, just an afterthought. Maybe we'll get into this next week. And maybe uh, you want to do that, that Christian nationalism show. We can, we can do that, too. Uh, record one in four high school students say they are gay, bisexual, or questioning their sexuality. Official CDC data shows. So that's, that's double the amount from 2015, mm-hmm. a mere eight years ago. So I think that... So the story, somebody they quote somebody in the story that makes the point that some of this is is inflated. I mean, obviously, this is a this is a uh, 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 you know the, the the pressure is now to become a a part of of this family of transgenders mm-hmm. in schools. That's the pressure now. You know, it used to be you Talking would about be peer pressure. That's that's the the peer. It's it's yes, it's, it's peer pressure in the in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a lot of what that is. But but to have one in four, twenty five percent of the student population, yeah. there's propaganda going on somewhere. Yeah, right. There's indoctrination going on somewhere, and uh, so I'll, I'll save this for for next week, Tim. We're gonna bump out of here because um, I really. Can't get, I don't have time to get into that story, but it's a good one. Uh, all right, so we'll bring that next week. Perhaps you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversee. We're live Wednesday morning. If you're listening Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, we're recorded. But uh, tune in every week, if you would. We appreciate it very much to our to our listeners, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger is where we podcast and the only show in America where you'll 
experience the fusion of church and state right here on Voice of Truth. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. I will choose to live.